You know, mice aren't always blind. It's the Bob Baker Marionette Theater this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. I wanted to, there's two little bits of celeb stuff that I feel like one you can talk about and one I feel like I need to talk about. So the first one that I want you to talk about is Sandra Bullock's carpeted bathroom. Not Sandra Bullock. Uh, Demi, Demi Moore's Moore? carpeted bathroom. Oh, I fucked no. that up. I, I went with two brunettes. Let me back up. <laughs> Demi Moore's carpeted bathroom. You found out what the deal is with that. Please explain. Oh, Nadia, you really put me on the spot because I never clicked the link. I just thought the headline <laughs> was so funny that I posted it on the internet. Um, but I'm opening it now, so we'll get to the bottom of... Basically, CNN uh, has apparently found uh, the bandwidth to inform us with the headline, Demi Moore explains her carpeted bathroom. Um, It was Bruce Willis's choice. That's it. (laughs) That's it. She just her kept answer it? to Seth, what's his name? Seth Myers is Bruce Willis wanted it because the floor got cold. Okay, first off, rugs. Yeah, like rugs for that. And then secondly, that was a long time ago that they were married. And it's you not think news. you'd do some upgrades. Yes. Oh, if they were married <laughs> now, it's not news. You could tell me somebody got married this afternoon. And just installed carpet in their bathroom, and I'd still say, unnecessary news. (laughs) (laughs) What's not unnecessary is a wedding that takes place at a... Does that work? I don't know. That's very good. (laughs) That's a very good segue. Bidu, bidu, bidu. That's the segular. Let's bring in our guest. You know her as a writer and actor on Comedy Central's Corporate. Please welcome Caroline Anderson. Talking about Bob Baker and the Marionette Theater. Us, a.k.a. Bob Baker Marionette Theater. But we'll be talking about Bob Baker and the theater itself. Uh, Caroline, I know you're a huge fan of this Mm -hmm. place. Uh, Why do you know that? I am a member of the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. I am a sometimes volunteer at the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. I'm a frequent attender of Bob Baker Marionette shows. And perhaps most notably, I got married at the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. Oh, I want to hear all about that. Tell me everything about that wedding. I know a lot of this already personally, but I want our listeners to to get in on the beautiful story. I will, that quick is. behind the scenes. <laughs> Normally, Nadia and I are very open to like, hey, what kind of things do you want to talk about? But I really feel we went to Caroline and insisted that this be... <laughs> Well, I know, <laughs> I know Nadia's familiarity. Steve, have you been to the theater? I, you're a puppet person. Um, I've never been to the theater. I've always wanted to go. I used to work downtown, and I would drive past it, uh, the old location, mm-hmm. and I'd That's always right. be like... And the thing about the old location is on the outside, it never really looked <laughs> great. Yeah. And so I spent 
a great deal of my first few years in Los Angeles driving past being like, I wonder what that used to be like. <laughs> Having no idea until like years later that it wasn't used to being anything. It still was uh, yeah. a marionette theater. And the, uh, the oldest children's theater company in Los Angeles, continually mm-hmm. running since 1963. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, so the the move of the theater is actually pertinent to the wedding. Uh, I went to my first Bob Baker show with my then boyfriend um, three or four years ago, and and the first show we went to, we were like, "This is where we live now. We love this. This is the thing we like." And we haven't talked about getting married, but let's start having that conversation because we want to do it here, <laughs> and we went to every single show and went constantly. And then at a certain point asked one of the puppeteers who has become a friend of ours, Molly, we were like, Hey, do people ever get married here? And she was like, yes, obviously you're not the first person to have that idea. Uh, So it was just always this like kind of back of our head, like, yeah, wouldn't it be crazy if we could have a wedding here? Um, But we don't have any money and we are children of divorce. So we aren't like particularly (laughs) attached to like having like a wedding wedding. Um, and so a, a series of things happened, like car accidents and family deaths and stuff, where we were like, let's just elope. Like, it doesn't matter. We'll have the big party wedding sometime. And all we'd ever talked about was marrying at the theater. And then there was this dress that I wanted, um, which I'm not like, that's not, I'm not like a dress person, but it, there was this dress I wanted. So one day, kind of out of nowhere, I looked up the dress on eBay and it was like $30 in my size. And I was like, okay, well, I don't have to tell anybody that I've done this search. I just can move on with my life. And then about an hour later, Molly, that puppeteer was like, hey, um, we have to move the classic LA land deal. They're building it into a condo. Um, This is going to be the last month at the theater. And I was like, oh, wow, well, can, can we just elope real quick? And they were like, yeah, totally, just email us. <laughs> so I showed those text messages to Vince, who was sitting on the couch with me, and he was like, yeah, okay. So we got married. I went and bought that dress. Uh, and two weeks later, we were married at the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. A uh, marionette of Dracula walked me down the aisle. Oh. It was very sweet. There's a little puppy marionette that we really like that performed to an of Montreal song uh, during the ceremony. Uh, yeah, and it was beautiful. Probably the most beautiful wedding ever. That would be my guess. <laughs> I'll say it. I mean, you really can't top a uh, marionette puppet singing of Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a lovely story. Not just because they reached out to you and let you know that this is happening and then you were able to get in there and and have the wedding of your dreams, but just the entire, the, the whimsy of it all. The whimsy yeah. of being married in a marionette theater. I I'm so it. happy I have like friends like you guys in a life like this where like your dream wedding had Dracula walking you down the aisle at a marionette theater. Whereas like no offense to anybody that I went to high school (laughs) or college with, but you know, most people back home, their idea of, of uh, God, I'm trying so hard to not be mean when I say this, but like most weddings I went to growing up, they really thought outside the box if they went with a cupcake tower. So, uh, so I, I love, I love living in LA and having so many different kinds of friends because weddings are always so such a fun kind of look at 
that relationship and those people and like what represents them. And so that ju- it just, I, I always have so much joy when I see photos of you and Vince's wedding. And it just makes me think of like how many fun weddings I get to go to um, versus like, you guys, after 11 p.m., there's going to be sliders. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the other thing with our wedding is just we're like, well, every year we'll just have a have everyone come to the theater with us and we'll all go to a puppet show and that'll be our anniversary party for forever. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I got to attend a, a little shindig that you threw in which you were able to hire some of the folks who work at Bob Baker's Marinette Theater. And that was my first experience with the Bob Baker's puppets. And wow. boy, are they, they are, I don't say this lightly, they're charming as fuck. Yes. They're the most, that's the most charming shit I've seen in a long time. <laughs> it like, is, yeah. That's charm, charm my fucking bra off. Like it was just like the whole aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> it just again, whimsy is a word I'm going to end up using a lot today because th- that is what it is. Like their mission statement for the theater is is whimsical. Uh, let me f- where was it? Let me find it real quick. It says Bob Baker Marinette Theater sees the world as a birthday cake, baked with care, frosted with imagination and intent, served across generations as a sanctuary of sweet, sprinkled with a little stardust a living theater of whipped cream over delight. And that's what that show was. And that's what every other video that I've seen, whether you've sent it to me or whether I've had the opportunity to watch somebody on YouTube or something else that somebody's posted when they've gone to a show, anytime that I've had the opportunity to see these marionette puppets come to life, all those words apply. It's just, it's great. Have you ever seen them, Steve? live no, or otherwise i have not i've seen instagram and i've i've wanted to go and yeah that aesthetic it really reminds me of my childhood at my grandma's house um just because like all the toys we would play with at grandma's were like my dad's toys or my aunt and uncle's toys so they were they were like an older kind of homemade like it, it wasn't just like barbies and disney like everything looks like it was made with care by a person and so when i see like bob baker when i see the puppets and and videos and stuff it just reminds me of like if i were to open up the the closet the toy closet when i was a little kid at my grandma's house and i just love it yeah well all several thousand of the bob baker marionettes date back to some of them the 50s but most of them the 60s and 70s and they're just uh a upkept by volunteers throughout the year and and um they all date back to that the era of your family members toys uh and so do the fabrics and so do the furnishings uh so yeah it is like you know not that there's anything wrong with the more like jojo siwa kind of like (laughs) over the top lol surprise dolls kind of uh aesthetic but yeah it, it is very well, so for, for folks who might not be familiar with Bob Baker Marionette Theater, um, if you're familiar with Escape from Witch Mountain, Bob did the puppets for that. So that's like uh, kind of the sweet spot of what you would expect from the puppets there is that uh, a toy box, but sweet, but a little, you know, demented, but sweet. Yeah. <laughs> They are, and I, I say this with the most love and respect because for me, what I love and, and hate or what is like funny or disgusting are very like <laughs> overlap in a lot of ways. And I do feel sometimes I'll see Bob Baker marionette photos and be like, 
this is one degree away from disturbing. Well, sure. And one of their most iconic shows, their shows date back to the 60s and 70s as well. And one of their most famous ones is, is The Circus, which is an excellent show, truly a, a beautiful show, but it's full of clowns. And the closing is just like, I think something like 60 different clowns that come out and some are human size and some walk on their hands and some, you know, like are on unicycles. Uh, and I do warn people, like, if you're on the verge of having a clown thing, that's not the show to go to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's not for me. But, <laughs> but I support anybody who doesn't have a clown thing. I have a minor clown thing. Like, I was able to watch It and It too, but like I was very freaked out internally the whole time. Yeah, I wouldn't. And at somebody pointed out on the internet recently, they're like, "Does everyone have a clown thing? There can't be this many people with clown things." And I'm like, "I don't know, man. I think clowns are kind of creepy." Am I alone in this? I'm fine with clowns. I grew up okay. liking clowns, and so mm. I think now I just have a base like I'm okay with them attitude. But I get it. Yeah, yeah. I remember being really, really young, like two, three, and being at like I don't know birthday party or something, and there was a clown, and I remember thinking like, "Who are you, and why are you coming after me?" Like that was my young child thought, which I feel like, yeah, that's that's, I don't know that that's a fear as much as that is the truth that I felt internally at a young age. Yeah, Vince has a clown thing, but he can deal like something about. Uh, like walking inside the Bob Baker theater is like uh, inoculates his clown thing. Okay. All right. Well then in that case, maybe I can <laughs> handle it. Um, are you generally like a, a puppet person? Are, are you a, like not just the marionettes, but like other puppets, the Muppets, which are, you know, also puppets. Like how do, how do we all feel about puppets and puppetry as an art form, et cetera? Yeah, um, extremely for a uh, long time puppet, uh, preferred puppets to cartoons, definitely as a kid. Um, I also really liked, are either of you familiar with the We Sing series? No. I don't think so, no. Oh, I think that's a home run for Steve. I'll send you some YouTube links. Please but it's, do. It's like an educational uh, for like um, elementary school music teacher video series from the 80s and 90s oh you know what i do remember because they are right there they're very like i feel like sharon lois and bram elephant yes. show style right yes yeah very much yeah like a, a guy dressed as like a like a fancy uh parrot professor singing like john jacob jingleheimer schmidt it's very much that that is a really comfortable space for me to be in i love um <laughs> adults wearing funny clothes and having their face painted like a little kitty cat and maybe like the tree talks. That's like what I was raised on. Huge Fraggle Rock person. Fraggle Rock is kind of a fundamental piece of entertainment for me. Yeah, huge Muppet person. Um, yeah, we. my mom did like arts education. So we had a bunch of books of building your own puppets and we did a lot of craft stuff around it. Um, yeah, I going to the Bob Baker Marionette Theater was not like, huh, this has awakened something in me. It was like, oh, no, this is where <laughs> I was bred to be here. This was created for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, my sister-in-law is the opposite in like <laughs> Zubily Zoo, cats. Oh, yeah. Like, Huge uh, Zubily Zoo person. Oh, people painted with like face paint <laughs> to look like animals. Uh, she is terrified um i i feel i don't want to say mixed thoughts on puppets i think my thing is like i like 
puppets and I like the Muppets and I grew up with some of that stuff. But I think your point about animation versus puppets, this is interesting to me. I always gravitated towards animation. So if it was drawn, whether it was, or if it was stop motion or uh, claymation type stuff, I was always drawn to that first. And then puppetry was sort of second as far as kids entertainment goes. Um, and to this day, I love animation. But uh, I have a much deeper appreciation for puppetry. And the most like recent thing that kind of turned my head around, I've mentioned on this pod before, it was the recent version of The Dark Crystal which mm. I'm not a fantasy person and I wasn't like, I'm not a big Muppet person. I like the Muppets. It's fine. The Muppet movie's great, but like I wasn't uh, like, th- this isn't my number one jam. And so I went into it kind of hesitant. And by the end I was like, I fucking love this. This is great. Uh, and I had such a newfound love for w- knowing the amount of artistry and physical requirements it takes to like, do anything with puppets it's amazing and and i think about this also with bob baker when i've seen them perform like the fact that what they're doing with their hands in order to make these puppets come alive is crazy yeah vince and i've done a couple of um workshops that bob baker has done both a hand puppet workshop and a marionette workshop and pretty quickly i was like oh no other people can do this this i'm so satisfied to just watch other people do this it's so hard that's how i with video games where it's like no 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 no. i would just like to watch yeah (laughs) (laughs) you take the journey yeah yeah but it is it's so challenging and like you know, I was thinking going into this, like, well, why do I love this as crazily as I do? And I think, you know, all three of us are people who have invested some money into improv at various points in our life. Uh, and for me, like, puppetry is both freer than improv because the, like, world of imagination is so much more open and, you know, there's uh, supernatural things that can be allowed. But also, and this obviously isn't, Uh, all puppetry, but I would say most puppet entertainment, like you're probably not going to like see something that a 22 year old thinks is like super funny with like slurs and sexual assault and stuff. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like there's obviously like the genre of like puppets, but they're naughty, which I'm so just like not uh, interested in at all. But it's like the the one movie, happy time murders. Sure. Or like Avenue Q or yeah. Any of that stuff. I mean, God bless the people who do it, but it's just like, if I'm seeing a little teddy bear in front of me, he's going to talk about a teddy bear picnic. Maybe he'll have a girlfriend, little teddy bear. They can hold hands. Uh, you know, maybe he'll like get into a picnic basket. That's what I'm interested in. Yeah, you don't need to hear about how the teddy bear is going to make the other teddy bear wet. This yeah. is not the time or place for that. <laughs> yeah. You're not, what, I'm trying to think of the combo. Ranchet? Ranchet? Ranchetry? Yeah, sure. Ranchetry. Ranchetry? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I think like Muppets is like, where I draw the line in terms of like raunchy puppet work. Yeah. Um, like Avenue Q. I like the songs, but honestly, I don't, I've never like seen the show or like had any, like had any affinity for Avenue Q being a, a puppet show. I, there's just like some songs that I think are catchy. But in terms of like puppets misbehaving, I don't need any more. I think Animal is kind of like, that's the most I want a puppet to misbehave. Sure. <laughs> he, even yes. he's too much for me. <laughs> he should just play the drums. <laughs> no, but I told, I mean, like, 
I, and this is like a larger thing for me as like a, you know, writer or whatever it is that I am, um, is like, it's just so much more impressive to stick the landing with vulnerability than with like undercutting with like, you know, oh, but, but he has a penis. Like, it's just not interesting. Like there's this really incredible piece in the circus that's like a tightrope walker that when you're watching it, you forget that it's a marionette and that the guy's just not going to fall. <laughs> like that he's literally on strings, but it's like two and a half minutes where you're like breathless watching this like marionette. That's so much more impressive to me than like fart joke. Sure. Cause you're yeah. suspending your sense of uh, belief, but also you are being invested emotionally in what mm-hmm. is happening to this character, this puppet. Uh, and, any time that I've ever r- really liked anything puppet-wise, it's the same deal. And that is why I think I was so into Dark Crystal is they're really going with characters to the point where I was like, this could have been animated, this could have been live action, it didn't have to be puppets. The the story and character uh, arcs are so well-defined that I don't need to think about the fact that, hey, these are puppets. Like, yeah. I'm just going along with it because this is the world that we're in, etc. Uh, compared to, as you pointed out, with Avenue Q, which I have seen. And it is like, all right, here they go. All right, yep, he's talking about porn. Okay. But again, catchy songs and a fun show, but like, do we need to continue to uh, have sex and drugs and rock and roll with our puppets? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. And maybe it's also from too much improv or just like, too much of myself but i don't <laughs> ironic detachment is never my favorite like tone like if you want to have like yeah. if you want to have like your aubrey plaza on a show like parks and recreation where they just you know they're part of like a bigger tapestry of characters sure but like yeah i don't i i, I think you're right about like keep being entertaining and genuine and having heart is mm-hmm. so much more admirable and challenging than just taking the easy way out of like, all right, we've got an emotional moment coming. Let's have a puppet come. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, I, you know, I love to invite people to the theater. I bring people all the time. It's usually in the form of like a BCC'd email where I'm like, hey, uh, I'm going to the theater, but you don't have to come. If you don't like puppets, that's okay. I, I Don't worry about it at all because it is so... Kind of, I feel like when I'm watching the Bob Baker Marionettes with somebody for their first time, I'm spending the whole time looking at them and being like, please don't think this is dorky. Please don't think this is dorky. And they never do. Like, people always want to come back. They're always interested. They want to talk to the puppeteers. They want to look at the puppets more. But it is like, it's so sincere in a way that like hurts my tummy a little bit. Oh, it's, uh, I've been going on about this for a minute. It's very musical theatery. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing that I've realized is that musical theater is, and I don't know that I have the term nailed down for this yet. I've been calling it corn core, as in short for <laughs> corny core, as in, or, or you could call it sincere corn. Mm-hmm. So the opposite, I really. Like corn core. I think <laughs> yeah, you got it. To, I think I like corn core. I don't know if other people have caught on to it, but I think musical theater and anything with puppets, these are things. The definition for me of corn core is anything that is particularly sincere and honest emotional and vulnerable and lacking pretension. It's lacking that ironic detachment completely. Yeah. Uh, puppets 
fall totally under corn core. And yeah. I'm here for it. Like, I don't, I don't want it any other way. I don't want them to straddle that line, I feel like. Like, this is what they are, and that's fine. Yeah. We don't need to cross lines here and make, the, as, as Steve so eloquently put, one of the puppets is now going to come. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of silly string or something, and then you're just like, oh, and then it's a big eye roll for me. <laughs> um, so let's get into a little bit about uh, Bob Baker himself and, you know, how the theater came to be. Do you, would you like to walk us through some of that? Yeah. So when Bob was, was but a wee child, six or seven years old, he saw a marionette show at a department store and was immediately like, that is my thing. Um, and started putting on shows for neighborhood kids, like from that age on. Uh, and as a teenager started working, crafting puppets, um, He's in Los Angeles, so he has access to, like, animation studios and stuff that he could work for. Uh, and then, you know, there were some wars. Uh, and then <laughs> after the wars, <laughs> uh, he and his partner, Alton, found that scenic shop, that big, white, boring square building that's on the edge of downtown and Echo Park, um, turned it into a theater. I, it took me four or five times being in that space before someone pointed out, like, yeah, this is, it's not a real theater. <laughs> Everything that you think is like, that's just all painted on the walls because there were like painted curtains and all co cool light fixtures. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a big scenic shop. Uh, and so that was, yeah, established in the early 60s. I forget if it's 62 or 63. Um, and they put on shows. Uh, Bob, crafted and uh, designed marionettes for Disney uh, and did displays at Disneyland. Uh, he trained a lot of local puppeteers who would go on to work for Henson and other puppetry companies, uh, local entertainers. Um, and yeah, then and the uh, because that little spot of land is very valuable, uh, even with its historic status, they did have to leave uh, a few years ago, but they found a new home in Highland Park. Uh, equally historic uh, spot, over 100 years old, it used to be a silent movie theater and an uh, organ showroom, and they found the original terrazzo tile, and it's the original kind of um, seats from the silent movie theater, uh, and that's their new home. It's an incredible legacy that this guy left because... Uh, so much of what he did not just pioneered this art form, but it also paved the way for everybody else too, because he was instrumental in championing union membership for puppeteers. So now, if you are in one of the actor union guilds, just Screen Actors Guild, SAG, or AFTRA, you or SAG AFTRA, as I totally forgot that they have merged, um, <laughs> they now recognize puppeteers as actors with a special skill, which mm -hmm. before was not a thing. So now. The folks who are working in TV and films and are doing that, they, they get that kind of recognition, and he's a huge part of why that is. Uh, he's also uh, somebody who helped with sort of training and mentoring the next group of puppeteers that are kind of after him, including a guy named Scott Land and another guy named Michael Earl, um, both of whom ended up working on tons and tons of stuff. Uh, Michael Land was uh, Mr. Snuff... How do you say his name? Mr. Snuffleupagus? Uh -huh. Mr. Snuffleupagus. Sorry. Uh -huh. I don't know why I said a k. Uh, you on just Sesame say Snuffy. Street. We all yeah. know him as Snuffy. He was Snuffy. He's a little Snuffy boy. 
Um, and then he uh, that was sorry, that was Michael <laughs> Earl who did that. Scott Land was uh, behind a lot of the puppets on Team America World Police. Hmm. Uh, I just I think it's fascinating when somebody's able to like leave not just the legacy, but then also be the guy who's like, oh, these guys got trained by that guy, so now they do a thing, and now they're gonna train new people, and then the cycle continues. Totally. He also had a uh, a contemporary named Rene Zendaya, who uh, was a Spanish language children's entertainer, uh, and whose puppetry is incredible. He had a show. Uh, called Domingo that was like a Los Angeles-based children's show in, I think, the 70s. Uh, but sometimes Joe Self, who is Renee's uh, uh, mentee, will put on shows too if you're ever in Los Angeles. Those are amazing uh, shows to see as well. But he did a lot of really cool Spanish language and kind of uh, Latin heritage puppets and uh, acts and puppetry. Um. It's amazing. I'm just like in awe of somebody who's able to like produce this much stuff, be of this much artistic service to people. Like it is the thing, it is among the things that I want to do, not specifically with puppets, but just to be able to have this kind of legacy. And, and uh, anytime I run across somebody like this, I'm just like, oh man. Yeah, there's you. Uh, it's it's just <laughs> the, the community of the yeah. theater is just as important as as what's going on in the theater and yeah. and to be a person who cares just as much about what you're doing and how it affects people as opposed to like how to get rich off of it is very i mean maybe this was just a side effect while he was trying to you know sell that screenplay but it's <laughs> it's really admirable when somebody <laughs> so talented puts their time and energy into sharing that with other people and creating a space and and help and showing other people how to teach that and you know because he he died a few years ago but he has this this legacy yeah well and this is i've learned in conversation talking to longtime volunteers and staff members but you know bob and alton were out gay children's entertainers in a time where that wasn't necessarily like safe to be uh and would inhibit your ability to be as successful as you otherwise could be uh and a lot of their volunteers and staff early on were LGBT teens, especially um, Latinx queer teens, because that's a majority Hispanic neighborhood. Uh, and Alton used to cook meals for them at the theater. Like, you know, their specific advocacy in that way, I think, is really special and important. Absolutely. Um, there is something that was interesting to me in that as we all update and modernize and consider what we've done in our past media-wise and entertainment-wise, uh, they had a note on their website where they're saying specifically there's aspects of their company they've identified that they need to work on and they're working on ways to improve it, which include things like outdated content and diversity of staff and board. And knowing this background of this guy, it feels like they're just going to sort of bring this spirit of Bob Baker into everything that they're doing more. How do you feel about this idea of not just expanding the range of voices in programming, but also the idea of like some of the content and some of the things that they might be putting out there and uh, being mindful, even though the content was created in a specific time for a specific audience and it was okay then? Yeah, well, I, you and I have specifically talked about uh, a number that has made me 
levels of uncomfortable, although I do ultimately like the number, which is, it's a Carol Channing song about Cleopatra that was from like a comedy special she did. And it's a Cleopatra puppet. And it's very much what you would say about Cleopatra in a Carol Channing era of comedy. (laughs) So it's not, you know, like specifically offensive, but it's just kind of outdated. And it's a Cleopatra puppet that's like her whole thing is her hips really swiveling. And, you know, it's kind of an exoticized image um, that I I would be completely satisfied if that puppet didn't perform anymore. It's it's a cute number, but I, I think it's totally okay to lose it. You know, this past year, they do Nutcracker every year, which is a beautiful, beautiful show. It's so silly. It's so funny. They do like the Spike Jones um, Nutcracker suite. It's like one of the goofiest, but really sweetest shows. And the nut, the actual Nutcracker ballet itself has a big race problem um, that I think a lot of ballet companies are starting to approach, especially when it comes to uh, the the Chinese characters <laughs> specifically. Uh, and there was, you know, the point where that number comes up where like Vince and I are kind of like curling our uh, fingers in being like, I don't want to see this Chinese puppet. And then this year they replaced it. It was like a, an animal puppet instead oh. that still wore kind of the Chinese costuming, but was an animal, which is like, I think a, a great way to modernize that show and and a child wouldn't know any different um but yeah i i I am totally on board with the idea of them modernizing and and retiring certain puppets i don't think bob was a bad person i think that that's just the way we used to draw people of color in the 60s and 70s was exaggerated features um and yeah and i think uh, uh i'm impressed with the fact that they were already doing this prior to this very public reckoning that's happened in the past couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. They, they clearly are going, huh? Mm-hmm. About that puppet. Yeah. Let's see if, uh, do we need them? Is there yeah. a way to do the number? Them? Can we figure out a way to just retire them? They've lived a long life. It's okay. We can put them in a case and talk about right. them in a more historical sense versus putting them on stage. Yeah. Unlike some people we know that won't retire. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm right here, Nadia. I see you raising your eyebrows at me. <laughs> um, are there any numbers that you can think of that um, you feel be- beyond the one that you mentioned, Caroline, that you're like, this is either I- inappropriate now or I, I don't want to even go so far as to say offensive, but just like you might see the number come on. You're like, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, the other one that that comes to mind is uh, there's a couple of of black backup dancer dolls that are like kind of uh, or marionettes that are kind of designed to shake their butts. That's like the way they are built. Um, And again, I, I don't think that they're offensive, but it's that those are maybe the only black puppets and they have Ah. on like shimmery white like jumpsuits and shake their butts so that's like not my favorite thing to see uh of their puppets but they don't bring them out all that often right right yeah yeah Yeah, i could see that i i would also probably be like oh no if i saw that happening on stage uh what i have seen on stage are a number of animal puppets Mm -hmm. animal marionettes Mm -hmm. and um I'd like you to walk us through, because I didn't know this until we were talking a little bit about it, the sexy cats. 
Sure. There are multiple <laughs> sexy cat puppets. I didn't know there were multiple. <laughs> I thought there was just one. There are many iterations of the sexy cat. They sing yes. different numbers. Each cat's got its own thing going on. Can you walk us through some of this? Yes. So uh, the most iconic is the black sexy cat, a.k.a. Eartha Cat. Um, who sings during the Halloween show. She sings I Want to Be Evil. It's an excellent number. She sings City Lights by Liza Minnelli. She sings My Heart Belongs to Daddy. Um, and then she has a Christmas sister who's pink and sparkly, who also sings My Heart Belongs to Daddy. She also sings Santa Baby, uh, anything kind of uh, Christmassy. Uh, and then, yes, there is also a yellow one, which I have not seen at the theater, but they recently posted on their Instagram. Uh, and then, of course, any sexy cat has to have sexy cat backup dancers, mm -hmm. which is where the money cats come in. The money cats are little uh, suited, cane-holding, dancing cat backup dancers who also sing. They have a number called Money Cats, which is a song from Gay Paris, if either of you are familiar with that. Are, have you seen that movie? Yeah. It's wild. I only saw it because they do some numbers at the theater, uh, but they do back up on City Lights. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I would say cats are their most iconic animals, but they also have a lot of really great mice and some really good rabbits as well. I think do they, they have do any blind mice? Oh, I'm sure. I'm, let me think, but I bet. Just, there's, I, as soon as I picture dancing mice, immediately I imagine they have canes and <laughs> glasses. And I think, it's, I, I think my only reference for this is Shrek. But now, just immediately, you say, oh, mice. And I'm like, well, they must be blind. Well, you'd be surprised to learn that most of the mice are French and sexy. <gasps> wow, <even laughs> Little better. sexy French mice. Uh, there's one, there's like a little number of two of them that I... I'm having to constantly DM Missy, who's the uh, administrator over there, to get the songs because a lot of the songs are lost to the sands of times and they only have it because it was on a reel-to-reel -reel at one point. Um, but there's a number that two of them sing about how they're going to move to Los Angeles and make it. Um, and then there's three other sexy French mice that sing, um, The Bureau of Bayan is not the Bureau of Bayanca. And they do splits and it's excellent. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. I'd, I'd much rather French sexy mice than blind mice. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to point out that we made a whole thing about like, we don't want raunchy puppets. And then we're talking about <laughs> sexy cats and mice. But I think there's a big difference here. And that is the art of seduction. Yes. Right? Yes. Like these puppets are seducing you. They're yes. winking. Yes. They got a little sparkle in their eyes. They flirt. But they're not just putting it all out there. Yeah, Black That's Cat will certainly hop in a dad's lap. Maybe if he's wearing a hat, she'll knock it off. She might do a little shimmy shake for a, a dad in the audience. Um, but that's just all good, wholesome fun. Sure. Yeah. So is the song, My Heart Belongs to Daddy, which yeah. I've <laughs> seen or heard a few times just in this context. Like, I don't know the song outside of it, I'm ashamed to say. I have only know it as one of these cats singing it. Yeah. That's and all that you need song to know. Is, that song's wild. That <laughs> first time I heard it, I was like, huh? That's a song? Uh, and uh, Steve, I don't know if you know the song. but I've is. heard it uh, in like <laughs> other parody contexts. Okay. It's one of those things. It's, it's the same as like the song, that Christmas song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, where like sure. I don't associate it as an actual Christmas song. I associate it with commercial scenes of yeah. chaos and... and um, and Christmas um, 
insanity while that song plays as to like as like a juxtaposition so i feel the same way about that song where like (laughs) i only know it as like being used for comedy or like out of context purposes but i couldn't tell you anything about the real song or or (laughs) why it was made (laughs) um i seem to recall there are ostrich puppets uh yeah they're excellent (laughs) there so there's a couple of different numbers um one of them is uh Oh, gosh. So I could actually pull it out, but one of an album that they draw a lot of songs from is like a uh, a mad magazine <laughs> album from the 70s of just like goofy instrumental music. <laughs> um, uh, so I could just sing you the song they do. It's all instrumental, but um, it's three of them. Two of them are on rhythm with each other. The third can't seem to get it. And, uh, and so the two of them will be facing one way and the other one will be facing the other way. And they come out and they poke at the people and they'll uh, wrap their little necks around you. They'll like pull your hat off. Um, and then there's two very sweet ostriches who are in love with each other who do a lot of the same goofball antics. But at the end, they have a little baby together. Oh, that's nice. Like laying <laughs> nice an egg where the egg hatches or they fuck. Both. Or, oh, How about wow. that? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, I love that. Um, It Uh, actually reminds me of, um, I'm not sure if you're uh, a Drag Race fan, but if you saw Crystal Method's finale performance of I'm Like a Bird. Of course. um, I mean, yes. And also, (laughs) uh, Crystal Method had a look earlier in the season, that like purple fabric-y one, that's that's very wheezing. That's very Mm -hmm. like, with her face all drawn, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, Crystal Method would love the Bob Beck, the Bob, oh. the Bob Becker marionette theater. You've been to that one? She <laughs> loves Bob Becker. Reminds me, you know, because I'm friends with all the uh, staff and such, I'll occasionally see secret things on people's Instagram stories. And lately, a lot of celebs have been getting in on the Bob Baker game, including Trixie Mattel, who like recorded a special there. And I'm heartbroken they didn't tell me about it. Um, I would, if I were you, I'd be feel betrayed. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Honestly. It- <laughs> honestly, for the amount of time that you spend there and the and the yeah. amount of hours that you put in to helping that place thrive and spreading <laughs> the good gospel about it, uh yeah. I would be furious. Trixie would want you there. Yeah. I agree. Here's my thing with Trixie is that I think that if we met in just like a normal context, we'd be friends. So I don't want to meet her in a situation where like she's higher status than me mm. because I think it'd be like, oh, you play auto harp? I didn't know that, but I also play auto harp. Do you want to be yeah. friends? And right. then I lay out like, by the way, I, I am wearing your cosmetics right That's now. Re- <laughs> that is really, really smart, Caroline, because you're absolutely right. Because if you meet Trixie anywhere like i'm sure you guys have several mutual friends and if you just meet at a uh, barbecue or or at a at a house party one day then it's like let's talk about all of our things but if she sees you at at bob baker she's just always gonna be like that's caroline the puppet person yeah exactly like i'm trixie i have lots of different you know (laughs) things going on i have layers but a person i see at a puppet theater only puppets yeah so you know like people that I'll see somebody do something really well with their life that I had an improv class with. And it's like, but you weren't good at improv. 
how did that happen? So like that you just associate people. Yeah, so I right. think that's really smart because I think she'd do what I do, which is lump people into categories and leave them there. You know what would be really fun though is if Trixie is a listener to this podcast oh. and then we're at that barbecue or whatever, and then she does the thing where she's like, Oh, I don't know, I like play auto harp and stuff, and then into the friendship gets to be like, by the way, I know about you. And then oh. it's over. And then we and then we tear Trixie apart for listening to our podcast and admitting <laughs> it and being like, what a loser. If any of our listeners can connect us to Trixie so we can make magic happen, just email the pod at why do you know that pod at gmail.com and and trust us, magic is gonna happen. <laughs> Don't um, tell Trixie how or why no, or where. No, no, or who or what. Don't just answer that it's going any to happen questions. very naturally. Just tell her something's <laughs> happening naturally with a new friend. Yeah, tell her it's a good completely organic relationship that's being built yeah imagine if somebody said that to you <laughs> hey i can't tell you anything but um you're gonna have a new friendship situation appear organically soon no 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 no, just no, be no open to it no 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 don't j- just go with it just go with it okay. this is it no you're not you won't die i think just i go feel with like it. you shouldn't have told me anything <laughs> Um, something that we've alluded to a bit is the interactivity of the show and something mm-hmm. that we keep, as we mentioned, long sigh, improv mm-hmm. a lot. Improv is not necessarily interactive. There's maybe teeny tiny moments here or there, but generally speaking, if you're an audience member and you go to see an improv show, even though they are making things up on the spot and the interactive part comes at the beginning where you may give a suggestion so that they can do the scenes on the spot, you're not really involved at that point on. It's like, we will take it from here. Thank you. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. Versus the marionettes, which, as you have said, will dance on laps, take off a hat. Apparently, those mice have asked kids before, do you know where any cheese is? Mm-hmm. Um, That's things of that good. Nature. Guys, why do, why, is, why do we always have to go to dicks and farts? <laughs> Just like a mouse earnestly asking where the yeah. cheese is? That's... <laughs> There's an elephant who asks if you have any imaginary peanuts in your pocket and he comes by and eats the imaginary peanuts. Yeah. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Um, How do you feel about the interactivity? Because I'm not one for it in terms of things like, for example, the show cats, not the movie, but the Mm -hmm. musical theater show cats. Uh, I'm, there are shows that I go to and I'm like, I don't want you to come near me. I want Mm -hmm. to experience this from very far. And I don't want you anywhere near my body or in my personal space. But the puppets, I don't think I'd be as mad about because maybe it's because they're made of wood and they're fake. I don't know. How do you guys feel? Well, there is, they do tell you before the show, like if you are seated on the ground, there's a chance this will happen. So it's not going to surprise you. Uh, And I do feel like most of the puppeteers are pretty good at intuitively knowing who is going to want a little goofball to land in their lap. Um, I, at this point, very much do always want the little goofball to land in my lap. <laughs> Definitely when I was new to the theater, I didn't want it. Um, but that was more just because I wanted the puppeteers to think I was cool. Um, <laughs> but now that they're all so, you know, they're all kind of like obsessed with me and think I'm really, really cool. All of them, every single one of them. So um, <laughs> now I think it's like a badge of honor. <laughs> And they're like afraid. They're like, oh, I wanna, I want to put my goofball in Caroline's lap, but will she think I'm just like being desperate? 
I also, I have a really strong laugh and I have a really big laugh reaction to puppets. If you watched any of the puppet videos I sent you to for research, you will hear that, that just when a new puppet comes out, I sometimes scream. Uh, <laughs> so I think that they know that it's going to be fun for the people around to get yeah. the, the energy that is me having a puppet land in my lap. Well, I mean, who who wants a dead air? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, th that's the last thing you want. You want people who are going to be uproariously laughing and enjoying themselves. That shit is infectious. You want yeah. that in any live performance, particularly if there's, you know, comedic elements. I mean, I don't know if we need that for, like, an Ibsen play. But generally <laughs> speaking... You want you want people to be into it, and the fact you're into it is a good thing. Wait, okay. are you saying that when I added that laugh track to a doll's house, it was a bad <laughs> idea? All I'm saying is that there are moments where it gave me pause. Okay, because I'm just saying if nobody in the audience is laughing, what am I supposed to do besides add a laugh track? <laughs> Especially on that play, where is that the one where it's like, uh, God, what is this doll says about? Is it? It's either someone, a woman is crazy or a woman is pregnant and doesn't want the child. It's something like that. Yes, and the guy's okay. name is Torvald. I always get it confused. I, I, in my mind, um, a doll's house and you can't take it with you are like take place in the same living room, but are just very different. <laughs> Very different shows. One's They're just like shows. one's just like family fun, and the other is just super dark and sad. But they're both just like living room plays um, yeah. in my mind. So I just imagine that like a doll's house takes place in the living room, and then like ten years later, new people have moved in, and you can't take <laughs> it with you. It happens in the same <laughs> living room, like when. Like when uh, I remember like Growing Pains ended and Hanging with Mr. Cooper started and there was a very weird like interstitial where Alan Thick welcomed <laughs> Mr. Cooper to the soundstage because they were going to be using those sets. Uh, and it reminds <laughs> me of that. <sighs> that's where that's where my brain went with that. I get it, though. I get it. And that's why we're friends. Um, Caroline, do you have a favorite puppet? I know that's a little like asking, do you have a favorite child? So yeah. I apologize if it, you don't have to have a single favorite, but favorites. Yeah. Well, obviously, I love Dracula. Um, you know, he walked me down the aisle and he's one of the oldest um, marionettes. He's from the 50s. Um, so Bob Baker has a... Uh, uh, kind of an NPR-esque adopt-a-puppet donation program that my husband and I uh, are fully, uh, we're like, it's our child now. <laughs> we, we totally buy into the whimsy of it, of like, we're making a donation and they're sending us a picture in the mail, but we're like, they're our child now. Um, so Aww. the ones we've adopted, we've adopted a number of them, but the first one we did was the the puppy that was in our wedding, Um He's from the circus and there's like six puppies that do handstands and um, do a lot of little tricks. It is an excellent number. Um, I, of course, love all the, all the silly mice. My favorite show is the Halloween show and there are some really cool outer space puppets. Uh, their names, you know, the names they use at the theater for them are beadmen and bead scarfs. Uh, but you will never, I only know that because I, talk to the puppeteers quite a bit um but they are some of my favorites Beadman, 
also uh, uh, the favorite puppet of Joanna Newsom. Oh. Yeah. Also a harpist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All three That's of us are going to hang out. <laughs> yeah. All right, Steve. Okay. If any of our listeners also have a connection to Joanna Newsom, please email us at completely <laughs> organic natural friendships that we're going to be building. Because that's what we're about. We're about making things happen in an incredibly natural way. I do B do B do. I worked with Andy Samberg on the Emmys. I was on the writing staff of that Emmys, uh, and all I wanted to do was talk to him about his wife. <laughs> that's all I wanted to do. And then one day, one of the other writers was asking me about Kate Bush, and then Joanne. He was like, Joanna Newsom, my wife, also likes Kate Bush, and I was like, This is gonna fucking be awesome. I'm gonna come over. We're all gonna talk about Kate Bush. It didn't happen. But I hear that they used a Kate Bush song in um, his new movie. They did. So, and I thought of you during it. Palm Springs? Yeah. Yes. During Palm Springs, there's a it. scene where I, uh, is it cloud busting? Something yes. comes on. Yes, cloud busting. And I was like, does Caroline know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now she does. Mm-hmm. Of course, she knew beforehand. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, okay, so here's the thing there are 2,000 different puppets right or over 2000 i think there's yes. originally probably over 3000 i'm sure some have been lost to the ages due to yes. wear and tear and that kind of thing is mm-hmm. there uh, a puppet that you can think of that you got to experience but has since been retired not necessarily for like the inappropriate reasons that we talked about prior yeah when i say inappropriate is in quotes you know outdated outdated right. is a better word for it but like is there anybody that has been lost because you know Say everybody say goodbye to uh, Mr. Worm uh, or Mike Scott him. That kind of thing, you know? <laughs> Not quite that, but so I went to uh, the theater, was doing a little pop-up at the library, a real intersection of my interests. And so I convinced someone to go with me and I went and they did this... Um, uh, uh, like a trapeze number that I'd never seen before. And and this was at the point where uh, there's not a lot of I've never seen before is when I go to the theater. And I talked to Winona, who's the development director afterwards. I was like, who is he? Who is he? And they were like, that puppet has been in a box for ages. And we had no idea how to string him so that he could do the trapeze. Like, you know, he like hops off the trapeze and clamps on with his legs and and it's a really cool piece and they're like we just had no idea how to string it until just recently when in moving we found like a book that was like how to string a trapeze puppet uh and i still that's the only time i've ever seen it performed i think only alex uh the head puppeteer knows how to manipulate it but it's kind of the opposite of it was sitting in a box for a really long time and no one knew what to do with it until very recently when it came out of retirement I love that. I love that. That's like Animal Crossing villagers where like there's just so many. You really never know when when a squirrel's going to show up and you're going to be like, hold on, there's squirrels also? <laughs> I just had to let Gloria the Duck go because I found out that there's a possibility of squirrels. So I get it. I get the idea of being there and then something new showing up and yeah. the excitement. Yeah. I get it. Uh, yeah, there's... I went to a exhibit slash auction that happened a few years ago uh, in which a guy who did a lot of Disneyland collecting of pieces, including things like oh yeah, a lot of money for uh, various signage, various posters, uh, actual audio animatronics, all that stuff was up for sale. And they just opened it up to the public so you could walk around. And I saw the head of a carousel horse. 
And I was like, what's up with that horse? Because it was sort of behind um, where you would go to like look at the auction book. And as I paged through, I was like, oh, okay, this poster is like $400 now. You know, I'm, I wasn't going to anyway, but like, God, no, now. Anyway, so I'm like, what's to do with that horse? And he's like, oh, it costs, you know, $1 billion or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 but why is it like half the horse? Like, what happened? And the guy explained, well, they bought the horse. It was a carousel horse. They left it in the garage. Turns out bees got inside and built a nest. And then one day the nest grew too large and the horse exploded. And mm -hmm. this is all that is left. Um, you just I can't write it. <laughs> at, that, at that same exhibit, is a Snow White from one of the original Snow White rides that is flat out. I think she sat, I don't think she was on the ride. I think it was a Snow White that sat in the window of the shop outside of the ride. And it sat in, wherever it was, it sat in heat for so long, her head is full on melted down. Yeah. It looks jarring. Um, but the guy, uh, I forget his name, but the, the owner of everything said that he wasn't even going to put that on display because it's just an ugly melted snow white figure but it's one of the most popular things because it's because so of weird. what happened to it and that's yeah. the same yeah. same kind of thing with the carousel horse of like honestly a carousel horse sure probably would have sold well but to have a story of a head because of bees <laughs> even better i think about I think about bee horse at least once a week and i hope i really really truly hope and pray that no bee horse incident befalls any of these puppets and that's sort of what i was afraid of when you were i'm so happy that it just turned out oh it was safely locked away in a box and can perform beautifully despite years and years of not being used as opposed to i feel like what happens with so many uh Things built from a previous time, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, that don't get used, yeah. and then, I don't know, bees infest them and make them well, explode. <laughs> or it seems in general, yeah. I mean, luckily, it seems that uh, Bob Baker has, uh, uh, the Bob Baker Theater has a lot of love and respect for its past, whereas yes. Disney, uh, <laughs> I think, more or less, is just like, all right, that ride closed two hours ago, throw it all out. Yes, like I, most of I the am. stuff that guy bought, <laughs> I guarantee, was like thrown into a dumpster, and somebody went and got and was like, "I can sell this." Yeah, I've seen the footage of like when they were building Disneyland in the fifties, and they literally just drove rides down the five. They were like, "Yeah, yeah that ride was built like three hours away. We're gonna send it in a truck." So you just see like part of a boat or yeah. part of the ride or like half of the metal or whatever. And it's just like barreling down the freeway. And I'm like, nobody thought about how to transport. They just said, build it. And then they yeah. did it. And then like, ah, shit. shit. It's just like going to Ikea and being cover like, it fuck, with something. fuck my car. My yeah. yeah, cover it with <laughs> a tarp. They had tarps. They would have a tarp on it. You think, no, nope, They had no tarps tarp. 50 years ago. I know they yeah. did. <laughs> Um, speaking of Disney, I know that we mentioned, or Carol, I mentioned about Bob Baker building what I believe you're referring to are the Main Street puppets that um, they've since updated, I think. But for a long time, or at least I remember going when I was a kid, these puppets that sat out in the Main Street shop windows. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah, if you, if you go to the theater, so at the New Space in Highland Park, 
they have some of their puppets staged in the actual uh, theater seating area so you can like mingle with puppets and they have uh, a 101 Dalmatian uh, display that Bob made uh, you can see there's a couple of different ones I'm not a huge Disney person because puppets over animation all day every day um, but yes, there's like extensive Disney blogs you can find of what specific displays were Bob. And then also like the, they sold the marionettes and catalogs in the like 70s through 90s. Uh, I know people who are like, yes, I had that goofy marionette uh, during one. Uh, they had a big moving sale uh, and they had a bunch of uh, like old uh, instructional booklets for some of their old marionettes. So we grabbed a couple of those. Um, but yes, if you ever had a Mickey or Donald or Pinocchio uh, marionette, it was probably Bob Baker's handiwork. Wow. Um, yeah, a lot of like, it's a very similar aesthetic, the Bob Baker puppets to like those uh, early Disneyland photos of the characters. Just they were, <laughs> they're just a little... They hadn't perfected how to make Mickey look just like the cartoon yet, but there's something so charming about that to me. Uh, the, yeah. the dwarves in early Disneyland look just terrifying, but like the old Mickeys and Donalds and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah they just yeah, look they handmade. Somebody gave somebody a picture. They hadn't been making theme park animal <laughs> costumes for years. We didn't have yeah. templates to go on. <laughs> there's one and, uh, photo in particular it. I really love where it's, it's an early Mickey and the head is there. Like somebody clearly put a head on. And then the rest of the body is just a man. He's wearing like a t-shirt and tights and then Oxfords. And I think it's just very funny because not only does it not really look like the cartoon at all, I just really love the idea of somebody walking down the street and ostensibly like the bottom half is just a, a cute pair of pleated shorts, tights, and Oxfords. Very cute look. And then the top half is massive head. Massive mouse head. Massive uh, head. Yeah. And Disney's going to, or Nadia's going to Disneyland for the massive head. <laughs> just giant, just giant compared to this tiny person's body. And it was the same thing with Minnie, where it's just like a normal person wearing a dress and tights and Oxfords, yeah. and then big ass head. And I'm like, but, but the, the, to Steve's point, they definitely have yeah. a and similar that was, aesthetic. That was enough back then. They weren't like, <laughs> oh, Universal's is better. It's like, wow. Uh, somebody somebody made that Mickey Mouse head. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about the costuming of the puppeteers at Bob Ooh, Please. Yes. Please. So for uh, uh, Bob Baker Theater has a red carpet, has a red curtain. Uh, and for a lot of the shows, the puppeteers do head to toe red, a red dress, red tights, red shoes, red button up. Uh, but then occasionally for special shows, I'll have special costumes uh, for something to crow about, which is a lovely show. It's my husband's favorite show. It's like a, a barnyard uh, jubilee uh, would be how I describe that show. They have um, little overall dresses or overalls for the boys with little uh, hay sticking out and little flannel patches on it. Uh, for um, Enchanted Toy Shop. They have kind of a candy striper dress slash scrubs look. They're like very well costumed, uh, you know, for each show, all very uniform, all very um, kind of lost in time. No one's going to Zara, you know, before a show and <laughs> throwing on a tunic. You know, it's all very uh, beautifully costumed. Yes, which speaks to something that's 
always annoyed me to go back to uh, even longer sigh improv. <laughs> the fact that uh, Second City aside, generally speaking, you go to an improv show, and despite the fact that it is a show, most of us are dressed pretty schlebbily. Mm-hmm. And I've always longed for or wanted a sense of costuming slash treating a show like a show. But I also get it. I also get when you're like, I'm here to perform for 14 people, none of whom are paying attention. I, why would you dress up for that? But I do love that at Bob Baker, they have an incredibly specific aesthetic that they are adhering to to let you know it is a show. Get ready mm-hmm. for a show. Even if the puppets are the stars, the puppeteers are such a huge part of making those puppet stars. And so having them be in costumes that are so vibrant, but also blending in really, really works. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and to specifically mention perhaps my favorite puppeteer, don't tell the others, oh. uh, Audrey Densmore, who is like, unbelievably talented puppeteer as well as um artist she has a patreon if you're uh, at all interested but she has her little edie sedgwick eyelashes that she draws and she does her little baby curl on her hair and she has like long perfect hair and it is like walking into the theater and like seeing her in her like glam with her like red velvet high heel shoes is just like oh i'm so happy i'm here like that's my reaction (laughs) to seeing her no, there's something to be said about aesthetics. Aesthetics mm-hmm. are important, particularly, I think, from a performance standpoint. And mm-hmm. seeing this woman puts you into a completely different headspace because of her yeah. look. If she was just, if she looked like 2020, 2019, 2018, whatever, if she just looked like now, mm-hmm. you might not have the same sense of uh, wonder and whimsy and sort of like, leaving whatever baggage at the door that you brought your brought in with you, whatever's bothering you that day, it's just a little harder to get rid of that shit and enjoy the show if they right. don't put a little effort into it. That's all. Yeah. That's all I'm saying, Steve. Let's put a little effort. A little I agree. minor amount of effort. Yeah, I think another uh, another place that anyone can put effort, whether you're performing or uh, uh, what's the word when you're not when you're like seeing something <laughs> attending attending uh if you're su- supporting um uh you had uh, caroline had mentioned adopting puppets so i've got the puppet adoption page open because <sighs> i you know i wanted to ask like what are good ways that people can support a theater like bob baker during uh the pandemic and you can you can adopt a you can adopt a puppet and yeah. i'm looking at some of them and part of me's really feeling ice skating bear oh, um, oh i've seen ice skating bear ice skating bear might be times. ice skating bear might be my favorite puppet but here's he's the thing. very talented i don't think I, I i look at all the available adoptees uh, and i look and ice skating bear immediately i think is i'm drawn to but then then I think, all right, I'm immediately drawn to Ice Skating Bear, which means Ice Skating Bear will not have an issue finding someone to adopt him. So then I scroll down to Baby Seal, and oh. Baby Seal is just... <laughs> and you haven't seen the Baby Seal number, have you? I haven't seen Baby Seal in action. This photo <laughs> of Baby Seal is cannot be the most... Uh, <laughs> 
the most the most complimentary of baby seal so baby seal does this number it's an old sesame street number called i'm pretty uh and it's you know baby seal coming to terms with his own lack of self-esteem it's one of the most special numbers there is it's oh. on their instagram and on their youtube i highly recommend anyone watching i'm it's definitely like, gonna i'm gonna put that in my youtube to watch after this and i think baby seal will be the one i the one i adopt Excellent. baby seal's a good one yeah i wholly approve of <laughs> i will help chip in and help <laughs> we can share it we this is our yeah, why do you, why know, do you know that, that we'll we'll adopt <laughs> baby we will seal. adopt a, we will adopt baby seal <laughs> Yeah, it, the, it truly suits us. Or we'll uh, cut this a from the podcast. With low self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, adopting a puppet is a great way to support. They also, uh, you know, Nadia was in attendance of my virtual Bob Baker party I had uh, last month. You can anywhere in the country, or I guess the world, uh, have a virtual puppet show for only like $150. It's incredibly affordable. Yeah. Uh, given what like a rental of the theater would cost. And you get a 30 minute show and you can uh, request specific numbers if you have specific numbers you like. But if you're someone who doesn't live in Los, Los Angeles, this is like an amazing way to see this really, really cool historic thing. The tech is like beautiful. The like, you know, it doesn't feel like you're like watching a Zoom. It feels like you're watching a live stream of a beautiful piece of theater. Um, that's yeah, a great way to I, that's got to That's like a completely different kind of thing because you you only see the puppets if you're watching a live stream mm -hmm. so it's yeah. kind of like it's removing a whole element of seeing a marionette puppet show yeah huh. and it's only one you know puppeteer at a time because safety uh ours was audrey the wonderful audrey densmore um but yes i uh you can also record uh request a video of some of your favorite numbers uh on their website uh and then there's some naming opportunities to like name a chair in the theater name a little ice cream spoon in the party room uh Ooh. or you can just donate money and be like cool you know <laughs> yeah or just like help something good in need and yeah. let that and let your generosity <laughs> fill your soul. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't have to let everybody know that you participated <laughs> in this. You could just Oh, can we talk about I don't know if we have time, but can we talk about Bob Baker Day? Yeah. Yes. Okay, Bob Baker Day uh is a huge outdoor festival thrown every year in February in honor of Bob Baker's birthday. It used to be outside of the theater space and then it grew way too big so it's at the los angeles historic state park i believe is what it's called it's over like near chinatown and downtown um mm -hmm. and there's it's free uh there's all day puppet shows and children's entertainment and crafts and educational opportunities and vendors and food trucks it is like a tremendous amount of fun uh we go as childless adults and we have a great time if you have kids even better uh i highly recommend if you've never been, if you're like, I don't want to commit to $20 to seeing a puppet show that might creep me out, uh, Bob Baker Day is a great way to get introduced and to go. Love I it. love that. Especially, uh, as you pointed out, wh whether childless adult or with child, <laughs> it's family fun for everyone, you know? Yeah. Uh, they also, I would be remiss not to mention, Bob Baker Marionette Theater also houses El Cine, which is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm that uh, promotes Latinx culture through film. And uh, they, the theater and El Cine also collaborate with a lot of like movie screen clubs around town, including a uh, 
oh, how do you say this? La Collectionus. I, I'm fucking that up, but it's basically like French films. Um, mm. And so these events often include a marionette show and then a movie screening. Um, I like with- that. Yeah, so feels, uh, that feels works. good for some French cinema. I'm not going to lie. I'll probably leave before the film starts. But <laughs> I think you know that's what? a real good tone setter. You know, uh, I was asking Vince, I was like, what do you think I like absolutely need to talk about? And one thing he brought up was part of that programming is uh, when the theaters open, uh, the first Saturday of the month, they do Saturday morning bilingual cartoons at the theater. So there's a free cereal bar. Um, I think it's like $5, maybe $10. Uh, and it's bilingual cartoons and bilingual uh, commercials that are like retro commercials. And it's from all eras. I think it's like three hours. It's the programming block. Um, but it's it's excellent. It's, you know, all ages, of course. Uh, and yeah. That's great. I love that. These yeah. people know what's up. They are contributing to the community in a, in a fun and healthful way that just makes put smiles on people's faces. We need more of that shit in the world. Yeah, you know, what's what's I think like really special about Bob Baker Theater is that there's stuff like that. There's stuff that's just like a straight up marionette show, but then like uh, they'll do pilot readings with really cool comedians or like uh, Lil Nas X did a show there or Reebok will do a collaboration with it. You know, there's kind of a I think Wynonna Bechtel, who's the development director there, is really, really good at finding people and brands and communities and films that are like within the kind of aesthetic but also point of view uh, and mission statement of the theater to do really cool stuff so yes there's uh uh just puppet shows but uh burger records which is a local kind of rock uh, i don't listen to music like a rock and roll <laughs> brand of music I, i've been to burger <laughs> records fest so yes. yes um but they'll do shows and uh uh there's like karaoke nights there's all sorts of fun um oh oh we haven't talked about the organ at all so <laughs> there is a organ at the old theater that totally didn't work and a guy came up to them his name is mr fred he was like hey can i like fix the organ and then play it and they're like yeah for sure that's how kind of anything at Bob Baker happens so then he like fixed up the organ and played it and is now a puppeteer uh, at the theater but when they opened their new space in Highland Park which used to be an organ showroom the Los Angeles Theater Organ Society I believe is what it's called reached out to them and they were like well let's get you a nice organ and they provided a beautiful um white organ it's a uh I have a whole pamphlet about the history of the organ, but it's a cool organ uh, that, you know, is played before shows. We went to the unveiling of the organ, uh, but they'll have, you know, specifically an organ night or something like that. Oh, they, uh, uh, they've only done it once so far. I hope they do it again. Did a, a night at the Moonlight Roller Rink where there was a show of all roller skating puppets that happened what? on the roller rink. <laughs> what know? about ice skating bear? Skating clouds, Did they, they have roller give skating ice- witches. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course he was there. <laughs> okay, good. Just making sure he had some roller skates because he's normally yeah. got ice skates. So I want to make sure he was taken care of. Yeah, but there was like two hours of just skating where the puppeteers would just skate around with puppets and then it ended with a show. Uh, so there's whatever your specific intersection of weird interests are, I bet there is a Bob Baker programming for you. That's incredible. Uh, I, yeah, I'm just in awe of the idea of puppeteers roller skating and then also putting it on a show. That's hard. Well, That's and I think makes hard. me nervous. I think it's <laughs> like the thing with Mr. Fred. It was a, that a lot of the volunteers and puppeteers like roller skating a lot, would go to Moonlight all the time. And then I was just like, 
all it really takes if you're a member of the Bob Baker community is to be like, hey, you, we should do this. And they're like, great, you're, you're in charge now. Congratulations. And then it just happens. Ah, that's perfect. That's, how, like that's how more organizations should be. Let people do weird stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Just, just, hey, I like this. All right, do it. All right. Yeah. Hey, I want to do something cool. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the puppets. Yeah. Here's the key to the puppet room. Yeah. <laughs> the puppet room. It's the very one- big. <laughs> There's 2,000 of them. Of course yeah. it's big. Caroline Anderson, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Of course. Thank you for having me. Is there anything that you would like to plug at this time? Well, I would certainly love if people watched Corporate on Comedy Central, which season three, the final season, is premiering on July 22nd. It's going to be Wednesdays at, I want to say, like 9.30. But if you probably don't have TV anymore, uh, uh, Roku (laughs) has the Comedy Central app. You can also buy it on iTunes um, or uh, Amazon the next day. Um, Please watch it. We like making it so much. It's use, definitely use one of the best. Use your cable login, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and you can watch live streaming TV on like a Fire Stick if you just get your parents' like Comcast password or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Direct TV. Mm-hmm. I know Spectrum is difficult with the Viacom networks, but the other ones are great. Yeah, yeah, hands down one of the funniest shows. So you, mu- yeah. it's a must-see TV situation. Uh, and where can people find you online? People can find me at Caroline E. And everywhere there's um, pictures to be posted, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. There's two E's in a row. Don't be confused by that. Um, you can probably also just go to the Bob Baker Instagram and look at tagged <laughs> photos and eventually you'll see me. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> see you with uh, all, your, all your faves. Yeah. Especially those sexy cats. Oh, so good. So sexy. I mean, they're, uh, those cats are sexy and they might be some of the sexiest cats I've seen, <laughs> but I challenge you to find a cat that's not sexy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.